What an incredible honor it is to be able to speak on Betty's behalf. I'm a big football fan. It's kind of like talking about somebody who's about to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and and I, want to, I want to start with this basic piece. First off, Betty would say, you sound marvelous. <laughs> you really do. That is, I'm sure they sing this way every week, right, Derek? Yes. <laughs> Just simply beautiful. So, so today, today is about homecoming. It's about coming home. And what that looks like and what it feels like and what it is like and how we can celebrate that kind of life. A life very well lived. And to get us started and to get a feeling of joy in the room, I'm going to ask you to share with those around you this simple question. What do you imagine... What do you imagine Betty waking to right now? What do you imagine Betty waking to right now? So please share that with friends and family around you. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you guys think? What do you guys think? I think she's making brownies and sugar on top. Brownies, of course. And who puts sugar on top? She does. That's good. She was even doing that when I was a little boy. Can you believe that? Crazy. What do you guys think? Bagels. Bagels. I think an ice cream. An ice cream. That's right. I think she's up there in her dream world, sitting, watching a TV, watching all this. Oh, she is, of course. Well, she's actually here, but she's keeping a little quiet in the back. <laughs> So that was, that was wonderful to hear. We had a lot of votes there for babies, brownies with sugar on top, that she's, she's making those, which is wonderful. And, you know, you, you think about that. I think that is really the place to start. What is she waking to? Because this life, you know, all we are is this. We are all just angels in training. As I say all the time, we're all just angels in training, walking each other home. As simple as that. Angels in training, walking each other home. So let's take a look at that life and think of it in the perspective as I'm going to come back to on what I call the conspiracy of the mustard seed, those small little things that can make a huge difference in life, the quiet yes to God and the quiet work of love. Early life, born June 17, 1921, to Reverend Claire B. Cow and Florence Gehagen and a brother, Charles. Her schooling included and went on to Pennsylvania College for Women, now Chatham College, where she was on the rifle team and the lawn hockey team, preparing for country life. <laughs> and just listen to this. Her, her, her wonderful daughter shared this with me. You know, she eventually came out certified to teach French, English, biology, and general science. Impressive. She loved biology. She loved the science. There was talk of her going on to be a doctor. And then a certain young man got in the way. She writes about that first date he took to show me around the farm. And then she had these words that she offered her daughter because there was another suitor in the wings. And she had to choose. And she said, I saw him and I knew. And I have to chuckle because I don't think he left her any choice. <laughs> His proposal, very attorney asked when he asked, I have a diamond. Should I get a setting for it? <laughs> well, Your Honor, 
A war bride, they were married August 8th, 1942. And the children, Carol, Al, John, Charlie, Jim, Laurie, Andy, and Tom, joined as well by beloved Dan Heilman. Grandchildren also joined. Could all the grandchildren of Betty please raise their hand? All right. That's it. Now, I want you to notice how many keep their hands raised. Keep your hands up. How many of you thought you were her favorite? There. Yeah, that's it. Nathan's in the back going, it was me. It was me. 32. Great-grandchildren, raise your hand. 32 grandchildren, 53.5 great-grandchildren. <laughs> Hallelujah, the Lord is good. And we're even thinking about doing a blessing for all of you, but there's just too many. And isn't that beautiful? The blessings of the Lord are indeed great. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. My cup, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, outside of that, there are interests. And again, this I'm going to ask you some questions. How many of us in here have ever heard her play music? Beautiful, right? All the time. An incredible talent, including time spent at Carnegie Tech, numerous instruments, oboe, piano, harp, as well as some instruments that she recently learned, like the dulcimer. And we must ask this one as well. How many of us in here have eaten her cooking? My personal favorite, sour cream cookies and meatloaf. And I'm sure all of us in here share things as well that we remember from this way where she expressed her love for all of you in this room. Another interest as well is just looking at this. And there's, there's a subtlety to this that I think worthy of communicating and honoring. She really came to enjoy the country life. Now, I don't know if any of you are here in Sarver for the first time, but this is the middle of nowhere. And back then... It was really in the middle of nowhere. And you just think about what that would have taken to have been someone from her background, the courage it would have taken to come out here to live. Just think about that for a minute. And think about that word courage, that word courage we need to talk of again and again. Core, heart, A-G-E, Latin for where we live. Courage is where our heart lives. Somehow this is where her heart came to live out here on Iron Bridge Road. To get ready for today's service, I took a walk around the farm. Her presence there. Her incredibly misbehaving sons. <laughs> but her presence all over that farm. What a miracle. She also had other interests that came out of this, gardening, beekeeping, community organizations, the Freeport College Club, Eastern Star, Terenum Book Club, as well as others. And what then of the person? Because we can speak of biography, but what really matters is identity, who we are. 
at our deepest level. And in thinking of this memorial address, I want to speak first to that quiet yes to God. Betty had a very deep and abiding faith. No doubt going back to her parents. And it was a deep faith in that it appears to me from what I knew and what I hear from other people, it was far more about presence than proclamation. As she consistently tried to live out life as she felt Christ was calling her to do. It included many parts, from playing the organ to Sunday school to all kinds of things. And it was not a shrill kind of church going. Martin Twain once said, a lot of people are religious in the worst meaning of that word. But she was it in the best meaning of that word. A word that is about reconnection, humility, courage, faith, devotion, commitment. That's about all those best parts of the human experience God's very image and likeness breathing through us out into our lives. And we see the echo of a favorite passage that she had. It's how the Gospel of John starts. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That idea that religion is to be lived, it's to be an incarnational thing. An incarnational thing where we, where we marry up, where, 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 our, where our highest calling, our, our, greatest, our greatest impulses that we can deliver on God's behalf, our greatest convictions get lived out into a life of useful service that gets lived further and further and further out. As someone simply observed, and there's really very few, very much of a, you can't offer a much better compliment than this, she lived her religion. And I think of this with the Franciscan words. And this is important for the young adults in here to remember. Preach the word every day. And if need be, use words. I think that's important. And I certainly think of Betty that way. And I think with that, that idea of preaching the word every day, and if need be, use words, the active part, the hands part, the religion part that goes back to the actual meaning of the word religio means to reconnect in Latin. I think that idea of going back to that, that gets us right into the second part that I want to talk of, of her life. The quiet work of love. And can we all say that together? The quiet work of love. The quiet work of love of love. Love, I think, for a lot of us, we think of it as big and entertaining and loud, and Betty was not that. It was the quiet, meaningful work of love. The love that is under the waves. The love that you can build your life around. The love that, believe it or not, has all the force in the world. Because it understands the greatest of all paradoxes that when I am powerless... I am powerful. I think of the many people who've shared the many, many small things that she did for people, going that extra mile. I can remember as a young boy, probably 12 years old, in the Lindsay's Blue Station Wagon, coming down Iron Bridge Hill there, and we had to stop at Marguerite's simply because Betty had to deliver flowers. Just that simple. And, and see, Here I am, 50 years old, and I remember that. That said something to me. And I hope it says something to all of us here. 
It also includes, and we have yarn up here to symbolize it, mittens. She liked making mittens. Enjoyed that a great deal. I also think about the many small things. You know, we count a lot with Betty. I can only imagine with that many children in a farm, just even, this is going to sound a little strange, but even counting up the number of times she went to the hospital so the kids could get stitches. <laughs> that was probably countless. But again, she was just the kind of person who did that type of thing. And I would imagine, I hope you have time to share. I hope you have time to share. I'm sure she did some small things with great love for many of you here in this room. And those words of Mother Teresa, so true. So true. We can, please listen, we can do no great things. We can do no great things. All we can do is small things with great love. She as well did many beautiful, wonderful public things, far bigger than just quiet parts. I think of welcoming her immediate biological children as well as all she had done for the Heilman family. And what about those picnics? What about those picnics? I walked down through the picnic grove today. The memories there are rich and real. As her one grandson said, picnics of the past were wonderful days. Horseback riding, hay wagon rides, football games. Even later, as she was physically diminished, she continued to give. A daughter-in-law offered these beautiful words. And this is dealing with the Shel Silverstein book, The Giving Tree. Betty was the personification of the giving tree. I can just hear her saying with her life, again with her life, I have not apples, I have no branches, I'm only a stump. But a stump is a good place to sit. Come sit down and be happy. Even that part of her spirit, even that part of her spirit was so incredible to watch and to be around. I put a picture of her up on my Facebook page and immediately had a student, a former student of mine from Pocono Mountain, make a note of what a sweet-looking woman. And she was. The impact went well beyond family. And I share here words from Graham Beer, who lived just one hill over here. This amazing woman nourished my excitement about sacred music, handed me my first choir, and continues to be an inspiration. Despite having many wonderful biological grandchildren, she is always Grandma Betty to me. Now what would she want me to tell all of you? Outside of being really good singers, she would definitely start with the three words, I love you. She would want you all to hear that. I love you. Not in the past tense, not as an over and done with thing, but I love you. I'm okay. Really okay. Life is good. Life is good. Live well. Of course, we will miss that unwavering love. She was, as her son put it, a hero. And she will live into love in an even more powerful way. 
Her grandson reminds us with these beautiful words as he wrote to his grandmother, your body is getting tired. I also know your mind and your spirit, so bright, so alive. And what will she wake to? Well, that's what we wake to. We wake to our spirit continually becoming more bright and more alive. That is what heaven is. I think back to where I can picture her waking up, and I can picture where I've pictured many beautiful moments, just right up here on the knob. And I think when we cross that threshold and we arrive in the spiritual world and we see our life flash before our eyes, it's not our life flashing before our eyes in, in some guilt trip way. It's our life flashing before us, our life. All there. Her standing up there. Do you know the beautiful view of the knob? Looking out and looking at, out at the farm and thinking of her wonderful husband and thinking of her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, all of you here are in that picture in her mind today. That threshold. Incredibly beautiful threshold. And I can imagine her and Alex, she answered a question about what was her favorite memory with dad. And she said, I'd love to fly with him. Now, did she mean that literally or figuratively? I'm voting today figuratively. Because that's what angels do. He needed to go first. He needed a little more work, but they're good. And they are flying together today. A beautiful, beautiful thing. Heaven is as well an opportunity to work on those areas where we feel challenged. To move beyond our anxieties and our worries as we come increasingly home. Because folks, just imagine in your own life, Betty had worries and anxieties as all of us do. Imagine life without that. Imagine flying home that way. That's God's providence. That is God's love. And it's that opportunity to come into who we truly are. To close the circle. The mustard seed conspiracy. Christ talks about to understand the kingdom of heaven, and he's not talking, he's talking about heaven, but he's also talking about here now, like, how do we live it? He said, you must understand the mustard seed. And it's interesting with the mustard seed when you read through it, and I think those of you who grew up in the country understand this, Christ would have been preaching this to a largely agrarian audience, a bunch of farmers. And here would have been the joke. A mustard seed doesn't grow into a tree. We all know that. You've seen mustard here. It's the same in the Middle East. It doesn't grow into a tree. That was actually Christ saying that with a smile, and he would have gotten a huge laugh from his audience. Because this is what the mustard seed was. It was considered an invasive weed. Something you weren't allowed to plant around gardens because it would take a garden over. And you think about what Christ is saying there. Christ is saying this. He's saying, look, do those small things well. Take care of each other. Bake bread. Drink coffee together. Make those connections, those small little things, and they'll grow and they'll start to take over your life and it will be wonderful. It will be beautiful. 
It will be a quiet yes to God. The quiet work of love. And the word conspiracy, the word conspiracy means to breathe with. And we can work at breathing those things. And let's say them together here. We can work at breathing those things. A quiet yes to God. Can we say that? A quiet yes to God. And please say the, the quiet work of love with me. The quiet work of love. We can learn to do those things. And I think as a reminder, it was a fun part this morning. I met with four members of the family. I asked them to bring something that would remind them of their mother. Three of the four brought peanut butter. <laughs> so here's your task. Anytime you see, taste, or think about peanut butter, think about Betty. And think about a quiet yes to God, the quiet work of love. Get out a little teaspoon, pull a little peanut butter out, send a text to a loved one. Simple as that. A way to honor that memory in ways that can make a great difference. Those in our life, I believe there are those in our life who are here to remind us of greatness. They're here to tell us that yes, you can be that. Yes, you can do that. Yes, your life can move out in incredibly expansive ways. And there are other people here to remind us, and I dare say this is the most important reminder we can have, to live the small things well. To live the small things well. For that, that is home. 